Hello everyone. This is Vasan Srinivasan and today I have a very interesting personality with me. Miss Irina Ghosh, who is the Chief Operating Officer of Microsoft, will be talking to us about the cloud technology and how it is transforming the world around us. She also shares her insights on factors that weigh in with enterprises as they start the digital journey or accelerate it, leveraging the cloud technology. Do listen in. Irina, tell us what is the fundamental factor that is driving enterprises to look at cloud technology in today's world? So in today's world, there are several fundamental factors which are basically driving enterprises to look at cloud technology. And at the highest level, these are things which are driven by innovation, agility, and competitive differentiation. Now, underpinning this is also the need for bringing in a lot of scalability and flexibility. So over the course of the last three years, just prior to the pandemic, continuing after that, and what we are seeing right now, cloud computing has emerged as, frankly, a mission-critical technology for enterprises, governments, and consumers all across the spectrum. So basically, it's not just the core technology for digital transformation, but it is also in enabling, say, innovation and driving collaboration amongst ecosystem players to build a cohesive system as we build the future, basically. Now, I talked about three things, innovation, agility, and the competitive differentiation. Let me just dive a little deeper here. So when you talk about innovation, cloud computing can help businesses basically to innovate much faster by providing them with a wide array of developmental tools and resources which would not be available otherwise. For example, businesses can use cloud-based developmental platforms to create and deploy a lot of what we call the cloud-native applications, and these can move much more quicker and with a lot of ease. The second thing is about agility. Now, cloud technology really offers unprecedented agility to enterprises. It literally allows businesses to quickly adapt, think on their feet, and make changes to the needs of the market. So you literally can scale your resources up and down. You can deploy new features and services, and it becomes what we call a closed signal loop. You take signals from the market, you sense them, and you respond. And you can do that in real time. So with this, you can provision resources on demand, reducing the time required basically for these large-scale infrastructure setup, which would have taken you months, possibly years. And you also eliminate the need for large upfront investments, which also have their inherent risks, right? And this agility basically brings across to the organizations the way that they can respond faster to market opportunities that they are sensing and thereby bring across a lot of edge. And the last part was about competitive differentiation. And cloud technology has literally become the driver of bringing in a lot of these differentiations, your USPs across the market in a very intimate manner. So basically what you do is you leverage cloud services and these cutting edge technologies such as AI, machine learning, big data analytics, Internet of Things, and what we are seeing in the world of generative AI and much more. And you can do that without the need of building and maintaining any of these complex infrastructures in-house. Basically, you're thinking business, what is needed to be driven for your organization, and the infrastructure is being provided by somebody who knows it best, basically, right? And so that way is you can leverage the cloud provider's expertise and then bring in things towards the speed, efficiency. And finally, we need to kind of think about the cost economics, because that is what is the decision-making crunch. 
And cloud really enables business processes to leverage a wide range of resources, including compute, storage, processing power, and applications. So this can literally help reduce the cost of hardware, software, the data storage, backup, IT personnel, and it provides you the dual benefit of the scalability and flexibility that you may require, right? So what we do at Microsoft, we are very committed to helping our customers to innovate, scale, and grow, and we partner with them very intimately in this entire journey. Okay, interesting. Is cloud technology still a big boy's game? See, I'm asking you this question because often I've heard people telling me that India is an SMB country. So how are the SMBs adopting to this technology? And what are your observations uh, when it comes to their needs and solutions that you could offer? And a very valid question because the pace at which an enterprise evolves and the pace at which an SMB is kind of adopting cloud technology are very different, right? Um, mm. What I would still say is that any organization, big or small, is currently looking at solutions that they that will help them to grow and stay ahead of the curve. So the solution should cater to the needs of today and beyond. And basically, as an organization graduates from being a small to a medium to an enterprise organization, it is very imperative that the solutions that they undertake have the ability to scale both in terms of the features, the functionalities, the volumes, reaching the last mile, ease of usage, and the rest of the things, right? In At one array, the needs of the SMBs are not very different from large enterprises. However, given the needs of how you need to scale it, the SMBs literally want solutions which can leapfrog generations into adoption by taking these pass and SaaS services. So to cater to this, say, for example, in Microsoft, we've got different SKUs for some of these solutions. For instance, for productivity, for things which are related to business operations, we have offerings such as business centrals as the ERP to an SMB. And as they grow, they can move to, say, Dynamics 365 Finance and Operations or D365 ERP. So basically, as the SMBs grow, they can unlock a lot of these functionalities and keep on moving on. What we really saw that since the pandemic, there's been a lot of agility that SMBs have come across towards adopting digital transformation. And SMBs which did adopt it fared a lot better. And many reported growth through focusing inherently on these core aspects of tech intensity. But it's really not that the ongoing impacts of the post-pandemic supply chain issues or the rising fuel prices these have not gone unnoticed. However, I think what is kind of helping all these uh, players in the SMB segment grow and think for the future is the resiliency. And one of the key indicators that we really find is how they are thriving through this, this phase through bringing in an overall way that they're thinking about digital maturity. Incidentally, we did a Microsoft SMB voice and attitudes to technology study. And when we did this last year, there were some very interesting findings. What it revealed was that SMBs in India lead visible global counterparts in spending on technology with around 35% of them, spending over 10% of their revenue on technology. Now, mind you, I mean, they're doing this as taking a bet to remain ahead of the curve. They're also very op optimistic about future cloud adoption and 27% of the SMBs in India are mostly cloud-based. 
So okay. we also kind of experimented with a, a certain set of partnerships that we did. We've got a long strategic partnership with Geo, which is aimed at leveraging Microsoft Cloud Platform to develop innovative solutions. And we're offering them through this platform for productivity and efficiency for the Indian businesses. We've done something with LNT as well. And what we really find is that through a combination of partners, we've got about 17,000 partners across 250 plus cities. We are able to serve about 200,000 plus customers in India in this space. And we literally are trying to see as to how we can be right there in front of them for partnering with them in the last mile. Yeah, some pretty fascinating insights there. We know that the need to reach the sustainability goals is one of the primary drivers propelling businesses to adopt cloud technology. In fact, I read somewhere that Microsoft enabled access to water to more than 3 lakh people in India last year, which is truly amazing. And I'm sure that there are many facets to this. Uh, can you please throw some light on how you using the cloud technology or helping business achieve their sustainability goals? Right, and this is a question which is very close to our and thanks for asking that person because at the end of the day we as being committed citizens of the planet we need to do things which are working towards not just as an individual capacity as a corporate um, citizen but what how are we thinking about the future so we are deeply committed to sustainability as a company as a technology provider and like i said citizens of planet earth so microsoft sustainability strategy focuses on like, you know, four areas, carbon, water, waste and ecosystems and where the company can minimize the impact of our operations and maximize the positive impact through the way that we are leading with technology. Now, over the past year, we've announced a lot of series of commitments to be carbon negative, to be water positive and zero waste by 2030. We are also developing a new planetary computer to be better in terms of monitoring, modeling, and manage the world's ecosystems. So with that, we are also bringing in the Microsoft Sustainability Calculator, which we are co-innovating, frankly, with our customers, because this is the journey in which we are learning and working along with them. And we are kind of imbibing all the best practices in this so that when an organization has their overall sustainability goal? How do we ensure that the goals are reachable by tracking things at the edge around the processes and continuously giving signals through a technology enabled way that they know that where are they going? So Microsoft also launched a new coalition with eight other leading corporations, which is transformed to net zero. And through this, which will the efforts that we are doing will make resources available to companies as they are looking at creating the steps. You actually touched upon a very interesting initiative that we did last year. Last year, we helped in providing water access to a little above 3 lakh individuals in India. So we supported the Natural Conservancy, TNC, in their efforts to improve water quality, storage capacity, and what they're doing for groundwater recharge at Lake Sembakkam in Chennai. Now, globally, we've also provided more than 850,000 people with access to clean water and sanitation solution, which includes about 163,000 in India, Brazil, Indonesia and Mexico in other parts of the sustainability goal. We've been working to increase the reuse and recycle rates of our cloud hardware. And it's heartening to see that we've achieved an impressive 82% rate of reuse and recycling. But like I said, it's never done till it's done. And um, we're also reducing single-use plastics across our Microsoft packaging 
currently stands at a 3.3% and we are tracked on a track to eliminate it completely by 2025. So these achievements bring us closer to the goal that we've set of about a 90% reuse and recycle rate by 2030. As we look at 2030 and beyond, we remain very optimistic about the collective effort that we have made towards decarbonizing the global economy. And we will continue doing this by addressing the climate crisis in three areas, leveraging technology. So the first one is by advancing AI solutions for greater climate impact. The second is by accelerating the development of sustainability markets through investment. And the third is by creating replicable tools that advanced emission measurements and compliance and how we work along this with our customers and partners in this journey. Very nice. I mean, more than uh, you being able to achieve a corporate goal uh, objective, I think it, I'm sure this initiative would have given a lot of personal satisfaction to all the people involved in this initiative. Absolutely. So, okay. When it comes to cloud strategy, um, do you see an emerging pattern among businesses in terms of their choices, uh, that is public cloud versus private cloud versus hybrid? And is cost still a deal breaker there? Right. A great question. Um, there are a few things which come into factor when organizations decide and define their cloud strategy. And believe me, it's a journey. So first is the existing landscape. What goes across to the cloud and the need and the urgency and the timing as to when they take it. Then there are other factors as well. And a lot of these are defined also by the organization and the regulatory environment that they are in. Right. So businesses are looking increasingly to turn to cloud to run the applications and the storage data and the three choices available to them like you called out is the public private and the hybrid cost is still a deciding factor but other considerations such as data security compliance requirements the auditory requirements of the industry that they are operating in are also very important public clouds are owned like you know and operated by a third-party cloud service provider, which delivers the computing resources like the servers, the storage over the internet, and Microsoft Azure is an example thereby. So with the public cloud, all hardware, software, and other supporting infrastructure is owned and managed by the cloud provider, and you access these resources and manage them using the internet over a browser and tools which are available to you. Now, on the other side is the private cloud, which typically is defined as a computing service which is offered either over the internet or within your private internal network and only to a select set of users instead of the general public. It's also called an internal or a corporate cloud. Private cloud literally gives businesses many of the benefits of a public cloud, including say, things like self-service, scalability and elasticity with Things that organizations require towards, say, additional control, customization available, the computing infrastructure hosted on-premises. Now, organizations which require things to be done in a very defined manner and they have restrictions in terms of putting things across on a pl public scenario going for this at various stages. Now, private cloud may deliver an enhanced physical control over their environment. One drawback we typically feel is that the company's IT department is the one which is solely responsible for the cost and the accountability to managing the private cloud. So net net, it does require a higher level of staffing and management. Now, in between these two is the hybrid cloud, which combines the public and the private clouds. 
they're bound together by technology that literally allows data and applications and they can be shared amongst them. So you allow data and applications to move between public and private cloud and it gives the businesses a lot more choices towards flexibility, deployment options and the way you put across your infrastructure. So basically what we see is that industries which work with highly sensitive data such as select financial institutions, government, healthcare, they lean on either a hybrid or private moving to a hybrid then to a public. However, we see when regulated industries require different sets of data to be stored on prem, while when there's a less sensitive data, they kind of go across and leverage the private cloud or the public cloud. That's how they kind of do it. We have an example that we experienced with Virtuosa, which was managing several thousand servers on multiple clouds. And they realized that while a multi-cloud ecosystem gives them the flexibility to meet the varied needs, it does have the complexity in terms of management of costs, assets, security, compliance, etc. So then they kind of evolved in the journey of going across with a single vendor to consolidate multiple solutions. And that brought across a productivity improvement by about 25% and a single pain essentially to secure and manage the entire um, complex environment that they had. Right. So you might have partly uh, answered my next question. I, I understand that you know, it is not an easy decision for enterprises to get a fix on their cloud strategy. So how do you see businesses evolving and maturing along the way in terms of what the cloud technology could do to them? You're right. I mean, partially uh, answered in the previous one, but I think the way that they're taking these decisions is towards looking at a the business needs of what needs to be put across and the technology which is enabling that to make it happen. That's the first. The second, they also look at their existing IT infrastructure landscape and they create something as we call it the cloud adoption framework by literally going and scanning and seeing what is the existing set of applications, the legacy applications and the new ap applications that they need to go in for. So basis that they take a decision basically towards what should they migrate, what should they re-platform, what should they modernize, and finally, what should they retire? Modernization assessment at various application levels and what do you need to do towards skill sets, partnering with an ecosystem and creating a chart and a journey is something which is much required. And I just feel that there is a balance that the organizations also take towards how they do it. There's there's a set of IT team which is sitting inside, then there are certain things that they actually need to adopt from the partner ecosystem. And then finally, look at what can be natively built across on the cloud, leveraging the power of the hyperscaler, like say what they're deploying from Azure to address the unique challenges of businesses. And they ensure that the objectives and the impact are kind of made across. Really interesting. So artificial intelligence. Uh, and particularly generative AI have captured, as you know, captured the imagination of one and all. Through your Azure Cloud platform, you have enabled uh, companies from various sectors to tap into AI for uh, business transformation. We have read, or at least I have uh, seen a couple of reports which talks about how companies like Unilever, HGFC Bank, and uh, even you know automotive play, automotive players like Mercedes Benz have been using the AI capability of your product portfolio to come up with innovative applications. Can you give us some insights on how some interesting use cases here? Absolutely. And you're right. I think um, the 
overall vibrancy of excitement which is being created by generative AI towards not just what it can offer right now, but the possibilities for future is immense. Um, and believe me, I think the opportunities and the potential is for real. It's playing a pivotal role in how enterprises, startups, government, consumers, everybody is looking at it. So whether it's towards improving the customer experience through natural interfaces like what can be brought across through speech and native languages uh, or optimizing business processes and increasing productivity through, through whatever can be offered through automation or how you and I can have the best of things which we are getting when we leverage the internet for buying services and how we're getting the recommendations. So it's all over. Now, talking about Microsoft's partnership with OpenAI, it's been based on a shared ambition to ensure that we are responsibly bringing across cutting-edge AI research on artificial general intelligence. And the intent has been towards democratizing AI and making it accessible through every product of ours to a much wider range of developers to every organization in a very, very inclusive way. So you can think about it that it's not technology which resides at the back and you see the magic in the front. It is available in everybody's hand towards changing the life of what you and I do. That's the entire mission that we are working with towards bringing it across in a very democratic, democratic and inclusive way. You talked about some of these organizations. So HDFC, HDFC is a part of its future ready strategy is frankly looking at adopting the entire data landscape and securing the enterprise with Microsoft Cloud. And we've been engaging with them in the next phase of their digital transformation journey. Now, as a part of its future ready strategy, it developed in-house IPs as well as partnered with several companies, including a lot of fintechs to co-create technology IPs. And in this process, the bank also leveraged Microsoft Azure to consolidate and modernize their existing data landscape towards information management capabilities with advanced reporting, advanced analytics, and AI. And what happened is that as a result of building this entire journey on the Azure stack, the solution now enables the bank to both democratize and monetize its entire data landscape spanning a lot of systems, reports, and processes. Now, switching over to the automobile world, um, you talked about Mercedes-Benz. Uh, yes. It's building a centralized data platform that connects their passenger car plants to the Microsoft Cloud. Now, this platform is expected to improve the production efficiency by 20% in 2025. So what the logistic team is doing they are looking at solving supply chain bottlenecks much faster and they're trying to create a lot of dynamic allocation of the resources. What the production team is doing, they're looking at seeing as to how they can monitor and forecast carbon emissions, energy and water usage, waste management using analytics and ML. I must talk about another interesting project called National Language Translation Mission that we're doing with the government of India's Ministry of Electronics and IT. The intent of this mission is to make digital services available in the vernacular language at the last mile. So what we are doing is we are transcending the language bar barriers, applying AI through this entire mission called Bhashini, which aims to make all language accessible via translation. And what people are doing is that from all parts of the country, 
the mission is to ensure that they're able to converse with each other with speech to speech technology school children should literally be able to learn with ai based assistance in their own pace in a tutor led manner for themselves and basically create a very inclusive world for the future now another example is how it's transforming things in the world of healthcare you've got apollo hospitals which is the largest provider of cardiology services in india and they were the first hospital to launch preventive health checks and is now using azure ai to pioneer something what they call a risk score to predict the risk of a cardiovascular disease now i mean you and i might be thinking that we are very healthy but who knows i mean when you use machine learning and ai to do the work and mm. check out what is an accurate health indicator risk removing any bias of a human who who might be prone to making a judgment call when you bring in a way that the machine is kind of coming across and do a, doing an ai led way of seeing it you're leading to a very early prevention and ultimately saving lives so these are some of the examples that we are kind of seeing across in the world today when you spoke about ai you used the word democratization of technology and one word one more word that immediately comes to my mind is empowerment actually empowerment of all the stakeholders uh, in the value chain in the ecosystem who do not really have uh, that kind of a knowledge about technology how this uh, could actually transform their lives for for the better that's truly amazing i'm sure we are looking at some exciting times ahead also and yes. you talked about the right word i mean think about empowerment uh, you will literally see that people who might have considered themselves sitting on the fringe of technology not having the right levels of skill set this has made it very intuitive for them you've literally got everybody jumping in the bandwagon out of all that matters here is curiosity and yeah. by curiosity you are literally having a co-pilot taking you through in this entire journey okay so in many ways as i see it uh, i think probably ai is one technology which has kind of effectively bridged the divide between the digital haves and digital have nots i think that is the biggest uh, takeaway uh, in this whole uh, thing yeah very interesting yeah absolutely absolutely you've said it i mean it, it's actually the leveler towards yeah. uh, ensuring that everybody is now a part of the the ship has not sailed out of the port you can just jump in at any point of time and be a part of the port yeah so with that i think it's time for us to sign off uh, once again i would like to thank you for you know giving me this time uh, we had we have had an excellent interaction and uh, i got some excellent insights that you shared both on the industry and what microsoft is doing on different fronts and as you said i'm just waiting to catch up with you again in the near future for another exciting conversation and uh, i guess until then let's thank you and goodbye